Unfortunately, we would have a, co- a podcast bringing, we'd be bringing that to you over the airways, but we have all opted out of the combine and also all podcasting. So you will find us at our next podcast on our pro day. Possibly we might be doing the, we maybe will run at the pro day, but we won't, we won't be podcasting or doing any of the athletic drills. We, we might do the 40 once, but we'll see. I am JP Acosta joined by AJ Schulte, Kevin Fielder, and Tyler Fornis. We are back and we are doing something fun. We are going to do a mock draft. If anybody wants to know, Kevin's 40 time is 7.74 minutes. That's pretty generous. <laughs> minutes. And we're, we're counting minutes now. That's still we, pretty generous. <laughs> well, that's, Odie is looking Ke- at the computer Kevin, in utter disgust. Kevin's, for, Kevin's 40 time is now or later. <laughs> I'll be there eventually. Kevin Ke- somehow Kevin- lost to Darren Ravel in the 40. Kevin's 40 time is I'll get there somehow. Bye bye. Ke- Kevin Kevin's 40 time is eventually. <laughs> My 40 time is y'all go on without me. <laughs> I'll get who's got a fat who's got a faster time? Jeff Gordon at the Daytona 500 or Kevin running the 40? I think Jeff Gordon walking the Daytona 500 is faster than Kevin doing the 40. You could put you could put Jeff Gordon on a fucking unicycle, and he would probably do the 40 faster. Probably than learn how to ride the unicycle before I got there. You, I I I think I calculated my relative athletic score, and it was like a zero, like straight up a zero. <laughs> It's a zero out of ten, and Kevin somehow got an imaginary number. I I think the only thing I graded positively in was my height, because I'm six one. Like I'm just naturally going to be tall. What what position did you put yourself as? Uh, I think I put myself at offensive line and D end. That's fair. That's fair. And uh, I think I graded positively at offensive line height and weight, and that was it. Hold on, I'm going to the lowest relative athletic scores. Right I'm now. lower. <laughs> this is completely derailed the show, but that's that's perfect. That's perfect right now. Um, where is it? We're gonna start from 2000 or 2010. We'll start from 2010. Did you not sort by lowest in general? I am sorting by lowest. Okay. But there's a lot of guys from 1987 who don't have a relative athletic score. That's fair. So anyway, while you while I look my player cop, we are fighting my player cop. We're looking up the player cop. While anyway, while I do that, y'all filibuster. It. I found it. What is it? I have Nicholas Nicholas Cantonin from International. I used to be just not an even international player. That's an insult to him. Whoever I, he is. A uh, 2020 draft. He posted a relative athletic score of 0.01. I need to know what he ran. You got lower, didn't you? He ran. He ran a five two eight forty as a tight end. Okay. Uh, he is six foot one, two hundred six pounds. So he's slow, mm. 
Ed <laughs> Small. A six one, two hundred and six pound tight end is hilarious. I don't I don't that, know if that this is guy not a tight end. That's that I are do we think this guy's like real or it's just like a placeholder Kent put in there. You scored lower than the placeholder, Kevin. Oh that's, no, that's he's real. real. He's real. Oh, okay. <laughs> um Stanley Flanders also scored a zero point zero one. That is not, a, not real a real name. name. That can't be a, that can't that be a real NPC name. name. Those these guys are not real. Also, Nicholas Catnan, uh, Nicholas Catnan now, I found out because he is Finnish. So all the Finnish guys who are at the combine are slow as hell. You know hell. what? You know what? I think that's fitting. Official player cop. We figured it out. Anyways. We Anyways. Let's so, back to the main episode. I'm still trying to find Stanley Flanders. You know we we don't need to find him anymore. You don't it's need to real. find. Stanley. <laughs> I found Stanley Flanders. <laughs> Give me some. He went to Valdo- He went to Valdosta State. Played receiver. Uh, he ran. Why are we getting? This guy's just catching a, a stray out of nowhere. He ran a four eight six forty. Jesus. Uh, At what position? At what position? Wide receiver. Oh my God. Uh, I think he was 5'10", 167. Oh, no. Uh, he had a 30-inch vertical jump. Did not test in anything else. I wouldn't either. And he went on to have an eight-year career with the 49ers, Cardinals, and Houston Texans. Yeah, good for him. Do you think Kyle yeah. Shanahan can make that work? <laughs> He'll try. Look, I'm, I, desperately, I desperately want Zach Wilson to end up on the 49ers. I want to see the absolute limit of Kyle Shanahan's powers. <laughs> I want to see how, how bad can we get. I, I, I think every year he should be forced to take a worse quarterback to see if like what the actual limit is of like his actual abilities. So next Sam year he's going to get 49er like... quarterback Joe Milton. <laughs> Speaking of which... Speaking of, speaking of mocking players, but not like that. We're mocking players to teams, not mocking players as in they are bad. We might do that, but not really. We're here doing a mock draft. We're going to snake draft it. I believe Tyler has the order pulled up, and we're going to do this based on vibes or how we just, however we feel. So if you see a guy that you think is probably going to go day three in, in the first round draft, it's off a of vibe. Or if like, Kevin decides to put uh, somebody who is going to be very undrafted, like a punter from like Sweden. He'll he'll be in the first round. You'll you'll understand. So we're gonna start this clock. We're gonna light this candle. Tyler, you have been given the the fortune of the first overall pick and deciding the future of the Chicago Bears. Well, if I was going with genuine hater energy, this pick would be Bo Nix, but I'm going to be a good little general manager, and I'm going to go off of my board, and I'm going to give him Drake May, because I think Drake May is the best quarterback in this class. I like Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels quite a bit. They're all within a point for me, but I really think Drake May has mastered quick game, and then as he kind of figures out how to how to do the rest of the things downfield with his incredible arm talent and he does have ability to create the one thing that i keep seeing get knocked on is 
the pressure numbers where when he's under pressure, his accuracy is one of the lowest in the class. Well, when I watch these North Carolina receivers, they don't really do a whole lot to try and separate once he does bail the pocket. And I think that it really hinders that number a little bit. So it gives it a little bit of context. I think he can create pretty well outside of structure. I've seen him do it at a very, very high level. So with that quick game base underneath him, he'll be able to kind of slowly figure out the rest and develop. And that's why I have him as the top guy. And he goes to Chicago. Have we kind of hit prospect fatigue with Drake May? Because yeah. I feel like we're we're kind of nitpicky. I mean, we are all we're always going to be nitpicky with quarterbacks. I think we hit it with I every like quarterback. We've hit, we've hit top three. with with the, every quarterback. I feel like we have, especially hit it with Drake May. Yeah, I mean, like I think there are there are problems, right? And like I think I tweeted out something earlier of like every oh, quarterback. Brother. No, I mean I tweeted out that like every quarterback <laughs> in this class has some sort of fatal flaw that you have to figure out, right? And like I don't think that's yeah, necessarily I mean, that was, a bad thing. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but like uh, the problem is that like, excuse me, that fatal flaw. I'm, I don't know. Uh, that that fatal flaw is going to be a problem for some teams, and so Kevin got possessed by Mister B. <laughs> I think that like some teams. I, I I think that some teams are going to like probably have Drake May lower on the board. Uh, you know, like I Kevin think was talking about Drake May and his soul got possessed by <laughs> Gromit from Wallace and Gromit. Kermit's a frog over there. <laughs> Drake May said, All right, man, enough talking really about like Drake it. May and the kid of Williams. So I'm not so got, sure. Gro- got Grover over there. That was a really good impression, AJ. Holy crap. Thank you. I'm proud of it. <laughs> All right. So now we have the Washington Commanders up. AJ, you have the displeasure of being the general manager of the 32nd out of 32, the worst-rated NFL franchise by the NFLPA that came out today. Uh, all their They had sewage leaks in the locker room, which is obviously a great thing to have when you're trying to get players to actually want to be there. AJ, before you fix the sewer problems, who are you going to draft second overall? Um, I think we're going to go with Caleb, I, I think, here. If he's not going to go one, I'm going to have him go two. And then we just can just kind of figure out the rest from there. I really do hate this landing spot for Caleb Williams. Not because AJ picked it, but I don't want him anywhere near Cliff Kingsbury ever again. I don't want I anybody very near, funny. I don't want anybody near a Cliff Kingsbury offense ever again. It, we have to release ourselves from the shackles. It's very funny that he came out and he's like, no, we're not going to run the air raid. We're not running the air raid this year in Washington. Everybody went, hmm. Yeah, you are. You liar. Yeah, you are. You're, you're, <laughs> the cap on this app. It it is very funny to me that Caleb's dad came out and it very publicly said we don't want to end up on a very cursed bad franchise. So we're like, because that ruined Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield when they went to the Browns and Cardinals, and now he ends up well, on thirty-two of thirty-two, <laughs> and now you end up in Washington with Cliff Kingsbury again and Dan Quinn as your head coach. Good good luck, Caleb. Kevin, you have the fortune of drafting for the New England Patriots. I would so, love to see what you do here. Yeah, get hater energy. Just wants me to go like down the board to take like the worst wide receiver. Just be like, yep, solved all their problems. Stanley um, Flanders. <laughs> Sandy Flanders is the new wide receiver. <laughs> gonna draft Drake Stoops third overall. But you know what? You know what? We're, we're gonna have some fun with this. We're gonna take a quarterback, but we're gonna repeat history. Uh, Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy, you are the next Tom Brady because quite literally we are making you be Tom Brady. The Michigan man <laughs> being the heir to the Michigan man. The Michigan um, 
The Michigan men. It's like Gemini man. I, I I think that that would be like arguably the funniest landing spot because he comes in and he's just like he has to be Tom Brady. There is no in between them how good he can be. I think the thing with McCarthy is I can see an above average quarterback there, but it's gonna take a minute. It just is. Like I, he's I don't see the ceiling, right? Like I don't see the the high ceiling that like Jaden Daniels Drake May, Caleb Williams have. Like, I think he's a good quarterback. I don't see him being, like, a top-end quarterback in the NFL. I think he probably maxes out to the Kirk scale quarterback, where, like, he's either Kirk heavy, Kirk light, or diet Kirk. Um, Well, he definitely isn't going to be Kirk heavy. I mean, he's like... (laughs) (laughs) I think McCarthy has a potential ceiling of a... Matt Ryan, where like maybe he has those one or two outlier years where he's just like high echelon, maybe has an MVP type season, but otherwise I think he probably settles in between that eight to twelve quarterback range. But on a rookie deal, that's pretty damn good. So I, I feel somewhat comfortable with it. I do like the fact that it's almost like a if you're talking the Kirk tier, he's a dual threat in the Kirk tier, and he's proven that he can be. Uh, play at a really, really high level in high-pressure situations, third and longs, fourth downs, and make plays and convert and get first downs and attack that intermediate level of the field. Like, there's a lot I to like. He's, but... he's an uber-aggressive Shanahan quarterback. That's a great like, way to put it. That's a good thing. That's a good thing to be. Like, I think he's uh, he's better off play action. I don't think you want him in standard drop back right now because I don't think he sees a full field very good right now. But it off play action, throwing downfield, he is very aggressive. You can see the arm talent. He's good enough to pull a zone read. So that's why I've kind of come around on the play style comp of Alex Smith. I think that's that's where I'm landing, play style wise. I think that's a good play style comp. Like I think that's just probably like in general how he's going to play is, at the next it, level. Are you saying I'm sorry, I was to told he was John Elway. He's never Everyone's gonna throw a touchdown to a wide receiver in two years. <laughs> I look. I I make fun of him because he mentioned John Elway, but I did really like Thor Nystrom's comp, Rich Gannon. I think that works really, really man, well. Man, 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 I didn't watch you Rich are talking Gannon, to man. the wrong generation here. Yeah, none of you know Rich Gannon, dude. <laughs> Rich Gannon was so athletic coming out of Delaware that they wanted him to play wide receiver in in New England, and he said "fuck you," and they traded him to the Vikings and. Dennis Green was the most impatient man of all time with quarterback. That's, that's crazy. Bro pulled out a Rich Gannon comp on people who weren't born until like 1998. You do realize Rich Gannon won MVP in 2002, right? I was two years old. Oh, you should have been grinding film by then. No excuses. I didn't even know what words were. That JP wasn't asking for like a, a light brighter Legos or anything like that or a tickle me Elmo. No, he was grinding Rich Gannon film. That's right. That, we were we were in the trenches. <laughs> we had that Rich Gannon all twenty two on lock. <laughs> Dude, if you ever if you ever get a chance, do a study of that that O two Raiders team. It's will, such a honest. fascinating football team. I also, have a football life. Also, I, I looked up with the his uh, relative athletic score, nine point two three, and his forty yard, twenty yard split, and ten yard split are all ten according to URAS. So he wasn't fast enough. 
Sneaky athletic? Sneaky athletic. They're all sneaky athletic. <laughs> all right. So I have the fourth overall pick. And if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I don't even I have this written in Sharpie by this point. Marvin Harrison Jr. is an Arizona Cardinal. This is the easiest hand and glove fit that we'll probably see in the first round of the NFL draft. I think at this point, it's a little more difficult to find faults with Marvin Harrison Jr. than to accentuate the strengths. I think for me, one of the biggest things that I've found with Marvin Harrison Jr. is he's not that great after the catch. But when you're so good at the catch point and on the boundary, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when people were saying that he had character flaws for not running the 40, and that's why teams had Malik neighbors over him. And then Malik neighbors, Malik neighbors also like, did also said he wasn't going to run the 40, and everybody went, hmm. Well, where well, are the character <laughs> issues? Roma Dunze, wide receiver one. Roma Dunze. We're just going to keep going down the board. It's just whoever runs at the combine is uh, high character, definitely. Eventually, we'll get to Lad McConkey, wide receiver one. Um, Tyler, you're back up. But enough with, about the Patriots. <laughs> we're back up with the fifth overall pick and the Los Angeles Chargers, who could really go anywhere in this direction. This, this is a really fascinating spot, and I think if if I were the Chargers here, I'd want to trade. Uh, I I don't think for just easy sake we're not going to do trades here, but I don't. There's so many good options. I think for me, the the smart option would be you really need to maximize Joe Burrow. Or sorry, Justin Herbert, not Joe Burrow. I'm a dumbass. Uh, and my You heard that, Bengals fans? Tyler gave Joe Burrow to the Chargers. Yeah, Joe Burrow's going to play running back behind Justin Herbert. It's going to be hilarious. Uh, I'm going to give him Malik Neighbors because Neighbors is my number two wide receiver. I have him almost a full point ahead of Odunze, and I don't blame anybody for liking Odunze more. I think... Neighbors can do a little bit of everything. And he was so dominant from the slot. And I, I think we need to contextualize a little bit of his slot production because you're not putting Kyron Lacey in the slot and you're not putting Brian Thomas Jr. in the slot. So who's going to go there? Malik Neighbors, because he can win pretty easily off those two-way goes. So I'm not really concerned with like so much of his production being from the slot. And then on top of that, like nine of his touchdowns were on slot fades. I'm putting that on the offense, not on neighbors, because I've seen neighbors do a little bit of everything. So it's the Justin Jefferson theorem where they didn't ask him to do a whole lot on the outside, but it's because of what their personnel was, not because neighbors can't do it. And I think you put him in an offense where hopefully they use him with some form of creativity to get him some interesting looks and to get him yard after catch opportunities. Uh, we'll see how Greg Roman's terroristic running offense uh, does with that. But I, I really like the fit. So I'm one of the people who has Adunze over Neighbors, and I think the biggest thing for me is Malik Neighbors' route running is still a little vibesy. Uh, you can see the precision on comebacks and curl routes, where you can see the acceleration, change of direction. Outside of that, it's a little more vibey, but when you see him catch the ball and turn and go from zero to 60, you're like, oh, I, I see it now. And you just think of the slants, the free the free releases he he can get from the slot, but you also think that Keenan Allen also has to play the slot now. But I think it's a good pick. I think it's one that we constantly mocked before Jim Harbaugh got to Los Angeles. But 
will still be popular there. AJ, you are at number six with the New York football giants. Yeah. Um, you guys made it really easy for me. Uh, this is Jaden Daniels, like the whole way. Um, Joe Shane, the general manager of the New York giants basically came out at the combine and was like, he didn't outright say they were looking for a quarterback, but he was like, well, it has been two injuries in three years for Daniel Jones. And, well, you know, you kind of need a little bit more sustainability at quarterback, which is uh, pretty kind of a big tell for me. Uh, they can get out of Daniel Jones' contract in a year. This way you can you can either let Daniel Jones kind of just take all the hits for Daniel's rookie year and let Daniels just kind of stew in that offense. But I also think Daniels has the dual Daniel threat. Daniel Jones crash test dummy for 2024. <laughs> Basically, They're yeah. throwing him out there it's behind the, that offense. We're going to see if Evan Neal can play tackle this year, and Daniel Jones is going to be the dummy. Um, <laughs> and but like destroy, build, destroy, but it's just <laughs> Daniel Jones every week against the Cowboys. <laughs> Daniel Jones is coming for an episode of Wipeout every single week. <laughs> um, <laughs> Daniel but, Jones no. is that uh, that dummy they use on uh, you know Knife Fight where they it's build the myth swords. Busters. Yeah, he is the myth. He is the MythBusters trash test dummy. But I think. But I also, I also think this is the kind of dual threat quarterback that Brian Dabble really wants, and Mike Kafka. I think the two of them could come up with some pretty creative stuff with Daniels. So that's a pretty easy no-brainer pick for me. So I know I'm going to sound kind of, uh, I guess, chalky when it comes to Jane Daniels' flaws, but he's got to figure out how to slide. Not how to slide, but mm-hmm. when to slide and knowing when not to take a hit because he's going to get folded. <laughs> shout out to Sting. Are you trying to get this podcast uh, taken down? Shout out oh, to Sting. Um, I, accidentally, I accidentally hit hit play on a video. I didn't I didn't even think you guys would be able to hear it because it's that's all, perfect. I thought it was just going I, through my headphones. That's I also that awesome. Energy, that in. Uh, that in. <laughs> but... Daniels has he has to figure out how to not take big hits. That's like his entire he he just gravitates towards getting wily coyoted. Well, well, JP, have you seen his Just Bob's Productions highlight tape? He he's really good at not taking hits. I That's I really fun. want somebody to put like a a comic or like like a cartoon Batman like the bam bam <laughs> <laughs> video effects to hit him getting hit. Because I think that would be a, a banger. My, my my official call for him is just onomatopoeia because every hit sounds like he's about to die. My, mine is Wiley Coyote because he's getting hit with the Acme Anvil every single time. I need what was the? I need mine is Jaden Daniels. Yes, that's a good one. What's I need the... Jaden Daniels uh, rushing. Film set to uh, the SpongeBob theme, the do 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 my, my my player cop now uh, speaking of SpongeBob is I was born with glass bones and paper skin. Every morning I break my legs, and every <laughs> afternoon I break my arms. At night I lay awake in agony until my heart attacks put me to sleep. That's my cop for Jaden Daniels. I just, 
I just worry that the the boom of Jaden Daniels' deep ball accuracy or touch, and then the ability in the forty yard, like the big plays running, won't be as often because you, he doesn't really hit the layups really well right now. So you kind of created like another Jalen Hurts situation, but I think Brian Dayball can work with that. Yeah, so we're gonna go. Just gonna let oh, go him ahead. sit as a rookie. You know, yeah, you'll if, you'll let him kind of cook. Yeah. So, number seven, Kevin has the Tennessee Titans once again. So my my thing here is like there are like I think three ways you go with this, right? It's Brock Bowers if you want to do the whole reuniting Brock Bowers in Tennessee, which is where he wants to play. Uh, he's been very open about this. Um, it's the offensive tackle because can I say uh, real quick, saying that you want to play for the fucking <laughs> Titans. Some standards for yourself. The only the only people who should be allowed to do that are the children of Steve McNair and Eddie George. That's it. Stand up. There's there's also the whole like taking an offensive tackle because I don't know, man. Those are kind of bad there. Like really bad. Um or it's like taking a receiver just because like I don't know, man. Maybe we could give Will Levis another adult alongside DeAndre Hopkins. Um uh, do I take Olu Fashanu or Brock Bowers? Uh, you should just take New Hopkins Jr. and Romo Dunze. Can I take DeAndre? No. Uh, Brock <laughs> Bowers. <gonna> <laughs> yeah, can I redraft Brock? <laughs> I'm going to go Brock Bowers just because like, I think that part of the goal should be to get Will Levis actual weapons. And I don't know, man. Brock Bowers is a really good tight end. He's one of those guys that, like, I get the fatigue about around tight ends, and I get the concern about how, like, tight ends normally don't make it to their second contract. With the team that them. But, man, he's really good. He's versatile. Think, he's played a lot of ways. Like, these are guys that translate to me. I think the you- thing that stands out about Brock Bowers to me is just how good he is after the catch. Like, with the – with where the NFL is going with creating after the catch to generate explosives, why not take Brock Bowers top 10? Like that's the, that's the type of guy you take in that range because of how good he is after the catch. Tyler and I were actually talking about it earlier today. Mm-hmm. He seems like the combine probably isn't going to help him that much because he probably won't run like insane, like Kyle Pitts, but I think his GPS is going to be insane. Because you don't you don't think he look he looks he plays a lot stronger and a lot faster than what he actually is like listed as. And I think that's gonna be a real generous six four, two forty. They were generous at Georgia. I think it'll probably be like yeah. six three. And but, I think I think the other thing about him is that he's a good blocker, right? Like the concerns about Kyle Pitts being a blocker, the concerns about like even Jatavion Sanders in this class not being a good blocker. Brock Bowers is a good blocker. That guy will translate as an NFL blocker, even if he's not like an elite blocker. He's a good enough blocker in the NFL. And so I feel pretty comfortable with him being a top tight end in the NFL if all these skills can translate the way I think we think they, they can. So I'm up at number eight with the Atlanta Falcons. Initially, I thought the Falcons would probably try and trade up for Daniels, especially if he falls the way he did in this draft. But with all the rumors surrounding Justin Fields, I'm not going to go that way. I think they need another edge rusher to kind of complement that room. I think they kind of – they also need some speed at receiver. But with Malik Neighbors gone, I don't think there's anybody that kind of fits that 
bill of like an inside receiver. I would love for Roma Dunze to be there, but I don't think that's a great fit for him. I'm going to go screw it. I'll go Leatu Latu here at eight for mm. the uh, Atlanta Falcons. I think he provides a different style of edge defender than they already have. I think Atlanta has a lot of big burly guys, you know, who want to win with power. But Latu is more of a finesse hand usage, and he'll be able to kind of he'll he'll allow Atlanta to win with four, especially if Grady Jarrett comes back healthy. AJ, yeah. All right, I thought I saw I saw you put your hand up, so I was. Oh no, I was. We're like in middle school, but. <laughs> no, I really like the fit. Uh, Atlanta's pass rush, I think, was. Uh, part of a, a weakness of that defense last year. The defense had a really good turnaround, but they really struggled to create consistently off the edge. Um, and I, I think Latu is the best pure pass rusher in this draft. So I, it, if you're fine with the medicals, like it came out today that they were teams weren't overly concerned about his past medicals. Um, I think you top 10 pick easily. Yeah. I wonder yeah. how much of that is they're feeding Latu that because it came out of Latu's mouth. It didn't come out of anybody else's word versus are the medicals really that bad? I, I'm a, I'm still not going to close the book on it yet, but. I just went Latu here because I think he's a better fit for Atlanta than the other two like top edge rushers. I don't think Dallas Turner is, I think he's kind of of the same mold in terms of pass rush plan as the other guys Atlanta has. And I think Jared Verse isn't a good fit for what Atlanta is trying to run now. But I think Latu provides the best combination of fit and talent to actually help them generate some pass rush. So, Tyler, you're back up at nine once again with the Chicago Bears. I think this is a slam dunk. I think you have to take Romo Dunze here. You got the quarterback at one in Drake May. And now you get uh, Romo Dunze, who's easily a top 10 player in this class. And you've heard people like Dane Brugler and Daniel Jeremiah talk about how the three receivers, Harrison Jr., Neighbors, and Odunze, are the best three players in this class. Odunze is right now eighth on my board. And yeah, he may fall one or two spots, depending on what I think of Fashanu and Alt. But this is just a really good football player who understands so, so much about the position and can really dominate at, at the catch point he can run really s smooth routes and that long stride kind of gives him a little bit of deceptive speed at times and it was something that i struggled with a little early on in my evaluation of him the, the dude just understands how to win with so much nuance and technicality at the catch point that it gives me real deandre hopkins vibes he, it's it's special and obviously it helps having michael Penix throw you really nice footballs but the late hands, the ability to box out, go outside of your frame, all that stuff is going to translate to the next level. It's not going to be as potent right away, and it may never get to that level again, but it's still really good, and it's going to give you an added element in those tight window situations. So I just remember a quote, the best in the world at what they do make what they do look easy. Roma Dunze makes playing wide receiver look easy. The body control and the grace that he can make those catches with, I think – Tyler hit the nail on the head perfectly with the tracking and the ability to use late hands. He He's my wide receiver, too. He's fifth on my board. I absolutely love the guy, and he 
you think about where Shane Waldron's coming from in Seattle, where he had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Now you can kind of try and create that for Caleb Williams and DJ Moore and Roma Dunze. AJ, you were picking for the fighting Aaron Rodgers at 10. Yeah, this one uh, is really easy. Now, the Jets in real life have not basically stopped talking about Talisi Fuaga out of Oregon State. Um, but I'm going to go with the guy that is a better tackle and is an actual tackle. And I'm going to go with uh, Olufushanu, my offensive tackle one. Uh, your left tackle situation is completely abysmal. Uh, Olufushanu is the best pass protector in this class. I think you talked about making it look easy. He makes everything look easy, the balance, the hand usage. Uh, he's such a natural athlete. I think he's the closest we've had to Laramie Tunzel since in terms of just overall athletic profile and right away ability. Uh, so Fashanu is easy, no brainer. We'll run that pick up to the podium. I think the thing that stands out for me with Fashanu is how light his feet are. He, his ability to redirect for a guy that's as big as he is, that's a special, special for a guy that he, that's his size and also his age. He could have come out last year as a redshirt sophomore and been the guy, the top tackle, but he came back and I think nothing really changed. I think there's some inconsistencies as a rim blocker, but again, we're getting real like nitpicky here. Like we're, we're hitting draft fatigue, but I agree. The left tackle situation for the Jets is really bad. I don't know if Mekhi Becton's going to be there any longer. So, and you got to protect Aaron Rodgers. That's kind of the whole reason you did this thing. So, Fashanu here feels like an absolute steal. Kevin, you're back up with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so this is a pick that would ideally be quarterback with sort of the fact that they need a quarterback, right? And I, like whether it's Kirk Cousins or it's Jane Daniels or J.J. McCarthy, whatever. J.J. McCarthy and Jane Daniels are not available, so we can't take them. Uh, wait. You try. Is J.J. available? No, I took him at three, no. remember? Yeah, he went oh, no, third. You took him at three. I was like, hold on. Um, so, like, I, I'm here and I'm like, well, Joe Olt's available. They don't need a tackle. Like, let's just be clear. They don't need a tackle. Uh, they could take Fuaga movement to guard. I don't know if you're taking a guard at 11 with all your other needs. I think this pick has got to be on the defensive side of the ball. And the one guy to me that's like, he's not my corner one. He's like my corner one B. It's Terry and Arnold. I mean, that guy's amazing. The film's amazing. He's a day one starter at corner. And for Brian Flores led defense, you need good cornerback play. Like that's a requirement. That's a must. And uh, Byron Murphy, Mikai Blackman, like those are good football players. They're not amazing. Uh, Terry and Arnold has the potential to be amazing. And with where they are right now, that's the the best pick for the sort of situation. Uh, but no, I, I think my cornerback one is Quinion Mitchell, but I take Terry and Arnold, I think, here for the uh, for the Vikings. So Tyler, AJ, I'd also love to hear your thoughts on Terry and Arnold. I I just see the competitiveness. Like, he is he's always in on trying to break up passes, trying to go for the ball. He's always forcing the issue, which when you compare him to his teammate Kool-Aid McKinstry, who's kind of more of a he lets the game come to him a little bit, Terry on Arnold is going to force the issue, be the physical guy up front. And I think that's special. That's a tone setting corner, which you need in the NFL. Now I, I love him. He's my CB one. I, 
he's so competitive, can play inside and out. He's a guy who wants to cover the best receivers in the NFL. Yeah, uh, Arnold is my player three right now on my board. I love his game. I love the competitiveness. I love the ability to click and close. The How fluid he is with change of direction and the ability to just stop immediately, especially with like a lot of air raid style concept coming to the NFL, more hitch routes, more stick, and he can he can attack in man match. He can attack in man. He can attack in zone. He's really comfortable playing just about anywhere, which is which should feel pretty normal for a Nick Saban corner. And no matter what you ask him to do, I think he's going to be able to do it at least at a an average level right away, and then develop into a potential like top five, top ten esque corner down the line. I don't know if he's ever going to get to that ceiling, but I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think your, your flavor at corner this year is just going to be like a personal preference. Um, like I, I like Nate Wiggins as, as corner one. Um, but it, it's not like it, it, any of these top guys are, are bad. It's just more of like a personal preference in terms of style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arnold's aggressiveness is so much fun to watch. I, I, th- I think sometimes it could be a double-edged sword, especially when he goes up against some of the like top elite guys. I think you're going to see some nuance kind of bite him early. But in terms of just like, this is a guy that can shut down in man coverage. You just, you just put him on a guy and tell him to go out there and play man straight up man to man. He's going to cut. He's got the athleticism and the Twitch to shut guys down. And as he starts to develop in the NFL and gets more adjusted to NFL speed, the upsides through the roof. It, I think you look at that competitiveness as well with Brian Flores' scheme. I think that's a perfect fit. So I'm up at 12 with the Denver Broncos, and this has kind of been the draft board from hell. Uh, they kind of wanted McCarthy to fall here. That would have been great. Um, I don't think they're going to go corner here at 12. I'm going to go Johnny Newton here at 12. I, I'm still a believer in Johnny Newton as my top defensive tackle. Just the overall disruption. Like, he he was doing this at Illinois for, like, the last two years. And I'm still a believer in, you. okay, he might have shorter arms. He might not be over 300 pounds. But he is such an active and violent player with his hands. He's coming in and immediately being a havoc, like a hellraiser on that defense that desperately needs ways to create chaos. If you think about a defense that's led by Vance Joseph, you think about created chaos. And I think that's what Johnny Newton brings. Yeah. I love it. I I have so much respect for you for going Newton. Um, I really thought you were going to go Joel. I I really thought you were going to go there. I I was like, Joel's on the board. That's just like the no-brainer pick, right? Like, just to take the best tackle. I I have so much respect for you for standing up for Johnny Newton because he might be the most disrespected player in the class. I I think the other thing... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I I think the other thing... All right, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. We got a Canadian standoff over here. (laughs) Canadian We're too nice. We're too nice. He's been like he's been doing this for two years at Illinois. Like this is we have hit major prospect fatigue. And Byron Murphy is a great player, but Newton has been consistently dominant without another like true impact player on that Illinois front. 
the other thing I like about him, and it sounds like just it's like very on brand for me, right? I love that he's like incredibly impactful on special teams, right? Like he's blocked kicks, he's done that stuff. Like I think that stuff matters, right? And being able to do that at a high level matters. And he's done that at a high level. Like he was a special team player of the year finalist this past year because he's so good at special teams and he's so good at blocking kicks. Like even if he doesn't play special teams at the next level, which I don't know if he will uh, a lot, but like even if he doesn't, that matters a lot. And like that's sort of what sep- helps separate him from Byron Murphy, who I think is a great player. I think people have put like Chris Jenkins at D tackle one. I don't see it with him as much, but like I. I love John Newton and I, I love that you took him at 12 as opposed to like just this whole, just taking best player available. So this opens up 13 Tyler, Las Vegas. What's the plan? Oh. Man, I really want to go Joe Alt here, but I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm sold on him kicking over to the right side. Uh, but it, it's wild that he's still available here at 13, but when you don't have an offensive lineman go until pick 10, it, like, this is the kind of thing that can happen. I, I told you guys last year, Christian Gonzalez is going to be the corner that fell. And you all laughed at me, and he went till 17. And he shouldn't have. And I think Alt might be that player this year. When you look at what the Raiders need, it's... Fuaga feels like a nice fit, but Max Crosby needs needs a just a wrecking ball in the middle. And I'm going to go Byron Murphy the second. That pairing him next to Max Crosby will make everything so much easier for the linebackers. And he played nose tackle at Texas. Why? Because he could beat those double teams, even though Tavondre Sweat was 60 pounds heavier. And you let him just be a one-gapper as a three technique next to Max Crosby. That's going to make Crosby's job a lot easier. It's going to make Murphy's job easier because he's got Crosby next to him. I, I, I like the fit. It's a little high for me personally based on what my board is, but, man, they need something on the interior of that defensive line, and now all of a sudden Crosby feels like an even bigger force than he already was. So my play style comparison for Byron Murphy isn't the sexiest player, but Khalil Davis just immediately jumped out when I thought about Byron Murphy just in the ability to win with quickness, the hand usage. He's he's also kind of like Giant Newton in terms of the violence that he plays with. I just, again, they're they're super close for me in terms of caliber of players, defensive tackle. I really like the pick there. I <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to go Latham or Marius Mims to kind of fit that right tackle need, but I love the Murphy pick here. AJ, New Orleans Saints, number 14. I feel like this is where the alt slide stops. Yeah, this is incredibly easy. Um, yeah. Listen, I, I was somebody who I kind of thought Penning was going to work out, and then they hired Doug Maroney, and that you're not going to develop any off- offensive linemen with him. Um, so that that epically failed. Uh, and now they're talking about, oh, maybe he can play guard for us. I don't know. We're going to see what's best for him. Uh, and this way you could just take a guy at left tackle and not actually have to worry about it. Uh, Joe Alt, easy, no-brainer, slam dunk. Fits he fits that Shanahan style offense that they're going to move to. Uh, I think him working on the backside of uh, outside zone runs. Uh, you look at his ability in pass protection. He can help keep Derek Carr as clean as possible. Now that you're fully committed to him for the next couple of years, just easy no brainer. This he fell right into their laps. 
I think about with all the ability to play in space. I think he's Notre Dame did a lot of pulling him to get him out in space on screens, and he looked like he could hold his own out there. And you think about that Shanahan scheme where you're getting linemen out in space to get them out on defensive backs. And I think Joe Alt would be a perfect fit in that. And it also makes up for some of his inconsistencies with play strength, where like it's tough, it's tough to win with play strength at what, like six eight? Like that's not that's not gonna be your game necessarily unless you're just a massive 360 pound guy. But Alt has quick feet. He's he's pretty he's good in the run game on the backside of runs and out in space. He's got light feet, he can he can redirect. This is a home run pick. I mean, this this is the Saints are running up to the draft to the draft board with this one. So Kevin's back up number 15 with the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I think that if the news didn't come out today, like Wednesday as we're recording that uh, they're bringing back Michael Pittman, like Chris Ballard said, they're bringing back Michael Pittman. So if he was not coming back, I think I would have taken a wide receiver and that probably would have been A.D. Mitchell. Now, given that they have a wide receiver with Michael Pittman, they have Josh Downs, like they have talent at wide receiver. I think I'm going to go defense and I'm going to go corner. And if I'm going corner right now, I love Quinion Mitchell, man. Like I just, I can't get past the athleticism. I can't get past the, the senior bowl tape. Right. And like the, just his overall tape last year at Toledo, like for me, that guy is a day one bona fide starter. I'm taking Quinion Mitchell. Uh, and I, I think that's just like, for me, that's a home run pick uh, for the, the Colts. He's just – he's everything that you want in a man corner. Yes. Like press man, you get him up the line of scrimmage, and he is immediately going to mirror. He's going to he's gonna get ball production. There's just – there's nothing much else that you could ask for in a corner like that. Honestly, I also kind of like Cooper DeGene here in terms of, like, the Gus Bradley defense um, with his versatility, but – I think corner, even if they didn't tag Michael Pittman, I think corner was a need here because they, they need some more pop in that room. I mean, Brents was good, but he also, he missed some time. They need something. They need something to work out. And they, and Chris Ballard has always gone after high-caliber athletes. I think Mitchell's going to test insane at the Combine, so this is a perfect fit as well. I'm up with Seattle and – this also sucks because I wanted Byron Murphy to fall so I could get Byron Murphy here in Seattle. But I'm going to stick local. Troy Fatanu is a Seattle Seahawk. Um, with Ryan Grubb coming from Wisconsin, taking the offensive line coach, not Wisconsin, Washington, uh, taking the offensive line coach from Washington, Troy Fatanu just feels like the easy pick here. He's such... He's such a people mover in the run game. And you can see, like, I think run game and run blocking also is about want to. And you can see he kind of has that mentality of he wants to finish every block with a pancake. He is a guy who is going to kick in the guard. And you can immediately, you think about a group of Charles Cross, Abraham Lucas, and Troy Fatanu as your young offensive line core. And you can really build around that. I'm sort of shocked you took him over Fuwaga. Uh, I think they're both great players, but I'm sort of shocked that 
you didn't go Fuaga. I thought Fuaga would have been the the pick here, but I I do sort of get the the thought process right of like if you're going to go hire the Washington O line coach, like you have an opportunity here to yeah, that's really what I was also thinking also like I mean you basically have an advanced scouting report, right? like you know everything about the guy already. So yeah, the, I like I think if you love no him, then this is the pick you take, Matt. Yeah, I think for me, Seattle's an interesting pick, A, because you never really know where Seattle's going to go in a draft, right? You never, you never, they play their cards so well. Um, in my in my seven-rounder that dropped last week, I had them going Jackson Powers-Johnson, um, 16th overall, just because I felt like he could play your center spot. He could play both guard spots if you wanted him to. Uh, so Fatana also fits. I think you look at his ability in pass pro as well. Their interior really struggled last year. They they struggled with guy with stunts, with quickness on the inside. They just could not handle uh, often. So I think Faltano, you lock him up. You put him next to Charles Cross on your left side, and you just don't worry about it. it, it Geno Smith is protected. He's that that his side ab- is, is fine. His ability to mix up sets and vary the type of approaches he has during a game is super advanced. Like, I just think about that ability to always keep the defensive linemen on their toes. And, yeah, the arm length is going to be a thing, but you can kick him inside the guard and forget about that side of the offensive line, like you said. That's a, that's an offensive line that will be dominating for Seattle for the next 10 years. Tyler is back up with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a very interesting one. And Tyler could really piss JP off here. He I'm could... not going to. I, I think I'm going to oh, make him really happy. Come because, on. <laughs> uh, I, am, I am not a huge Cooper DeGene fan. I, I I really think there are some overall limitations. I do enjoy Nate Wiggins a lot, but I'm not going to go there. I'm going to give them offensive line. Talis Fuaga. And just figure out where to put him. Um, I would prefer to uh, let him fail at tackle first, but there really isn't a spot at tackle. And that offensive line, I think, just needs ass kickers, and you're going to get one and just slide him inside and just let him do it. Sir? He's he not happy. He's he not happy. He did it. He, he unintentionally <laughs> did it. <laughs> I just – I don't know, man. I think if you're going to start him at tackle, where is he playing? I, I don't think he's playing left tackle because, again... I don't think he's going to play tackle at all. I think he, you just put him at guard and just let him be an absolute ass kicker. So that's understandable. I think I know where you're going with that, and I would also like go there if I didn't know what I know about like what I think the Jaguars are going to do. I think they are content with the starters. I The only guy that might not come back is maybe Sheriff, and that's when you're thinking, okay, Fuaga can come in there. But I really do think it's going to be corner at 17. That's with the way Nielsen and Trent Baalke and Doug Pearson have talked before. If he's there, I don't think Nate Wiggins falls past 17. Like that, that's basically your AJ Terrell 2.0. Yeah, that's well, I I actually think he's better than Terrell. Um, I really. I think if you want to like a, a pure Terrell comparison, Kool Aid McIntyre is probably the best out of this class. Nate Wiggins is a freaking baller athlete. I mean, Jeez. 
and you look at the competitiveness that he plays the, with that, the that screams that screams the kind of corner that Ryan Nielsen wants uh, especially when you look back at the kind of corners he had in New Orleans and and the fact that he can actually play man coverage which is something that the Jaguars don't really have in their corner really? room <laughs> with Fuaga I think where I kind of hold up for him is I think he's a better fit for an under center play action offense, especially if you want to stick him at, keep him at tackle. If he's yeah, at I guard, maybe you can get a little more versatility, but I kind of worry about the movement in space because, or because Oregon state just does a lot of the under center play action offense. I worry about him transitioning to the Jaguars offense, but I real I see where you're going with that. So, AJ, with the 18th overall pick, the Cincinnati Bengals select. This is an easy one for me. Um, I'm going to go Marius Mims. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, holy crap, dude. I, I'm I'm telling you, if if with all the tackle talent in this class, if we're looking back at three years and Marius Mims is the best out of this group, I wouldn't be shocked. I just the upside is through the freaking roof. If his medicals are coming back fine, right? If you're if you're comfortable with him, I I, I don't know if I have ever seen a tackle prospect that I I've, I've locked, looked at and just been completely blown away. Like yeah, he has some technical faults you got to figure out. But for a guy who like started like eight games, yeah, he's only started eight games and he still has a pretty decent floor. Like I've seen raw tackles that have played a lot more snaps than he has and so now you come in with mims i think he locked down that right tackle spot uh heck i even think he could play left tackle if you're really just fed up with orlando brown <laughs> um, I, I i think he's a star in the making he just has to land in the right situation i think cincinnati could be a really good spot for him so i want to offer up a possibility i tweeted it like last week i think the Chargers should trade back and take Amarius Mims. If they really want a right tackle, you take Mims and just go. You get him in Greg Roman's offense with Jim Harbaugh. Like that, that's the perfect growing spot for a guy like Mims. And you just get infinitely more athletic up front. But I love this pick here. I think right tackle makes so much sense, especially with the amount of right tackles that are going to go high in this draft. Cincinnati has to take one here. Kevin, you have the opportunity to do the funnest thing, funniest thing ever. You have picked number 19 in yeah. the Los Angeles Rams. I think that there's like, I think I know who AJ wants. Uh, I think AJ wants me to take Nate Wiggins. Uh, he loves Nate Wiggins. Uh, I think he could, I think AJ maybe also wants edge. So he doesn't have to see that edge room try and rush the faster anymore. But. Man. Michael Hoyt to a yeah. <laughs> yeah. the shackles of Michael Hoyt. <laughs> but like I think it's also funny if I just like don't do that, right? And like just don't do that. Um there was the news today that Kevin Dotson is going to be hitting free agency along with the center, whoever the center is. Kevin, don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not even no. That's not happening. No. So do I? No. Nope. So do I take, I'm taking away Kevin's rights so, right now. That's, so do I take? Happening. So do I take Jackson Powers Johnson, 
I'm actually okay with that. If you uh, go Jacksonville, I'm actually okay with that. Do I go Grant Barton? He can play center. <laughs> the silence. <laughs> Do I go Cooper DeGene? Ooh, he's still on the board. Aren't uh, both go... Dallas Turner and Jared Verse both on the board? Yes, but I think AJ wants one of those, and I don't want that. <laughs> Give me... You're sick. Give me Grant Barton. <laughs> you are such a sicko. <laughs> you are such a jackass, Kevin. <laughs> I don't know. AJ gets his wish. He gets an offensive lineman. It's just Grant Barton. Okay, AJ, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you riff on this one because I riffed on uh, Jaguars. We <laughs> <laughs> have effectively silenced he loves AJ. The pick. I think he loves the pick. I I'm going to cope here with this. Grant Barton can play center. And they might not get a deal done with Coleman Shelton. That was actually my thinking. Like in all so seriousness, there's that was my there's the rationale. And he can also <laughs> probably play left tackle, and they don't have one currently, so there that one also fits. Um, but also, uh, no, I'm not going to say what I want to say. So, Kevin. No, so, nice. so here's I'm my thing, nice. right? Like here's my thing. I think Grant Barton's better than the consensus is going to put him at, right? Like I think I watched the tape against Jared Verse earlier this year. I think he beat Jared Verse in that game. Like I think he was just a better player that game. Uh, I think he can play left tackle. I think he's probably better inside. I think he's a good football player, man. Like I think he's just going to be a good football player at the next level. I, I I did it sort of half jokingly, but I also think he's like just going to be a really good football player at the next level. And man, those guys along the interior of the offensive line are not easy to come by. I just think he's so inconsistent against power, and that's just because he has T Rex arms. Like that, that's something he can't really overcome unless you have quick feet and are able to get out in front. But I just, I get it. And I get the need. I think he'd probably be a better center than left tackle. I'd start I think he's a center. better center at the next level, right? Like, I think he's probably a better center. But I also think it's equally encouraging that he can play left tackle, right? Like, he would not be an awful left tackle in the NFL. Uh, and I, again, I just can't get past because, look, heading into the watch of him against FSU, I was with you, JP. Like, I just, he's too inconsistent for me. I don't know if I. Man, that, that tape's good, man. That 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 tape against Jared Verse is good. And I man, I like I just can't get past that game, right? So like I think I'm gonna be higher than the consensus on him because of it. But I man, I just I, I love the tape. Uh you know, that 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 Florida State game just sort of like resonates in my head. And maybe it's because I watched it like four days ago. And so And you watched just, it for like, like 85 hours. <laughs> no but then like i went back and i watched it again because i wanted to see grand barton in that game and oh, man he was really good that game and so for me it's like maybe that's just like confirmation bias right like just watch that game recent or recency bias watching that game recently but man he was really good that game and i just can't get past that so i pick a 20 for the pittsburgh steelers i think this is a shoe-in pick i'm gonna go cooper DeGene. you you have to do something with that secondary, you, you have to. Like, I think 
because he can play corner or he can play safety and the Steelers need help at both corner and safety, you can say, oh, we're going to try and play yet corner, see what you can do there. Or if you want to play safety, you can go put him there. You you can't put Patrick Peterson back out there. No matter no matter what happens this offseason, you can't put I mean, him back you, out there. You could. You just you should you not. You just wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't put Patrick Peterson back out there. But I love DeGene's – it's going to sound so cliche, but he's such a smart player in his ability to erase angles whether it be because he's a great athlete, which he is, but he also knows the angle of departure and his ability to erase those angles to close on crossing routes. He has great route recognition. I don't think he's a press corner. So I kind of want him in like an off, like off coverage style, which is very funny considering he'd be going to Pittsburgh and his teammate would be Joey Porter Jr., which is the opposite. So you kind of have a, a best of both worlds thing going. But the versatility is just too much for me to pass up there. Is there a reason you took him over Nate Wiggins here, or was that just just the versatility? Okay. I I think they needed a, a safety or a corner, and Dejean being able to be safety or corner really kind of sold me there. I think Nate Wiggins, of course, has the higher upside, but Dejean probably fits that need immediately at both spots. So now Tyler is up with the Miami Dolphins, and Tyler has the opportunity to do the funniest thing ever. Peyton Wilson looks pretty good right here. <laughs> that's 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 good. That's good. Um, this Miami team is interesting. They just need offensive linemen, and they need them bad. But I'm also really curious of what they're going to do at corner because of. Like what's going on with the the Vic Fangio defense and the <laughs> the oh my god you guys are nuts uh, the what's going on uh, with some of those personnel changes I still think this is a pretty easy decision even though I haven't really dived into the offensive line I'm not gonna do the funniest thing either it's Jackson Power Johnson it ha- it has to be it just has to be a good football player. And at the end of the day, if you don't want to play him at center, he's got a lot of experience at guard. So now it just helps you build that best five. And I, I I could do the funniest thing ever, but I'm no, just do the easy thing. So Tyler, could I ask if you were going to do the funniest thing ever, who would the pick have been? Bo Nix or Michael (laughs) Penix Jr. Because two is just not good enough, and Michael, you have to get a quarterback. Michael Penix would be the funniest one because it's like completely different. They're just like completely different players. <laughs> and They're both like handed quarterbacks are the same. We've we've been over this. <laughs> it's it's really funny because I was talking about this with another Dolphins fan. It's like taking Michael Penix would effectively remove everything that the Dolphins' offense is built on, uh, and it's like just like. Dude, you're just like trying to build a completely new offense at that point. It would have been really well, funny. You, well, if you want an RPO quarterback, I can interest you in a guy from Oregon. Bonix. <laughs> AJ, AJ, who would your if, if you had this pick, who would your worst pick, your worst case scenario have been? Yeah, I would have gone Bonix. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love the consensus here. Good, good job, guys. We really <laughs> knocked it out the park there. I think I'm going to be honest. If you guys had taken Bonex, I would have been best. I, I knew, I knew it was going to come, but I would have been best. All right. So this is incredibly funny how this all works out because now AJ has the opportunity to do the funniest thing ever because he's up with the Philadelphia Eagles. AJ has oh, to put himself oh. in the mind of Howie do Roseman. It, do it. We all oh. know the thing. Just do it. Joe Milton, baby. Let's run. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible hater energy. I respect it. I respect it. Well, if if I have to put myself in the mind of Howie Roseman, um, I, I'd have to take a shower afterwards. But I'm definitely, I think I have to go with either a lineman uh, on as an offense or the defense. I think it's the, it's the main thing. that That's all he drafts in the first round is trench there's, players. There's well, luckily, our, our board has kind of <laughs> fallen. Yeah, it, it, where... and luckily, uh, one fell right into his lap, uh, Jackson Powers Johnson. That's that's going uh, to be the actual. I don't. Jackson uh, Powers Johnson just went. Jackson Powers Johnson just went to Miami at twenty one. Oh, so I'm unless, sorry. I was I was so focused Howie on Roseman Hater energy. Is, unless Howie Roseman, Howie Roseman is custody, so good, PFF will will make Miami give him up. Howie Roseman and, and, sharing custody of Jackson Powers Johnson. <laughs> with, uh, Chris Greer. I I'm going to be honest with you, Tyler. You I was so zoned in on on weeks. being angry at you for not picking a quarterback there that I had totally zoned. <laughs> Totally don't do that. I'm, I, 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 genuinely, I genuinely could not tell you a single word you said. All AJ heard was Peyton Wilson looks really good here. That's all I heard. And he was like, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding you. I, I, I have no idea what happened in the last two minutes. I, I couldn't. That's all okay. right. Well, the, re the real pick, if you may. Okay. Um, Let's let's go with Dallas Turner. Yeah, I think that's the if Dallas Turner falls this far, it feels like this is yeah, and, and he, it's an SEC edge defender. But I mean, what else do you want? That's well, as I far do, as he'll look. I could do one better. Uh, Georgia corner, Kamari Lester is still on the board. It, it's a DB. He won't draft the corner. Oh yeah, yeah, but but he Sorry. is from Georgia, so I wonder if the Georgia thing would overpower the. Oh yeah, he yeah. is the round two pick for them. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, but I feel like Turner also kind of fits a need because, well, not really fits a need, but well, I mean, if they trade Reddick, which is the the buzz is supposedly there, um, we'll see if Nolan Smith can actually play in rundowns. Um, well, they and, played him at I, Mike linebacker, so yeah, and and Josh Sweat is they only has one more year left on his deal. So you you probably need to find something long term, especially because Jalen Hurts' contract is going to start kicking in here soon. Uh, so some of your more expensive vets, you're going to have to start finding cheaper replacements for. Um, and, and Dallas Turner, I think, actually fits that fits their scheme pretty well. He's such a terrifying blend of speed and power. Yeah. Where if he puts it all together, like I think my biggest thing with Dallas Turner, I believe he's my edge three. Just the inconsistent hand usage. I think when he tries to go speed to power, his hands are sometimes he misses. And so it kind of negates his power and the length that he has in his arms. But such a phenomenal athlete and a large, long runway for development and growth. Kevin, honestly, Houston's board here fell really good. 
Yeah. Uh, I've sat here for a minute trying to figure out Jackson Powers Sean. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Jackson Powers Sean. Every team now three team. Every team Johnson. has pitching Jackson Powers Johnson. Uh, so like this is like I think the this six is a paths pick. of Powers Johnson. <laughs> I think this is a pick where they would just take best player available. Uh, Jared first, man. I I I think they're going to need another edge rusher. And if you're sitting here at 23 and Jared Verse is just sitting there, like, man, that makes Jared too much Verse sense. is a D'Amico Ryan's ass player. Yeah, he also is like yeah. a really good fit next to Will Anderson. Like, that's a that's dangerous a soup, edge That's a souped-up, angry-ass edge combo. Yeah, like, that is really good. I think if I were to take a wide receiver, it'd be Brian Thomas or A.D. Mitchell. But Honestly, I thought you were going to go Latham here. I thought about Latham. I thought about Latham. I even thought about Wiggins for like a half second, but I was like, uh, I sort of hesitated on that one. I think it'd be Jared first. All right. So this puts me with the Dallas Cowboys at 24. This is JC Latham. This I'm going Latham here. I, I'm not a fan. I was not a fan of Terrence Steele last year. I don't think anybody was a fan of Terrence Steele last year. You, you're able to move on from him. Latham is so big and so powerful that he just craters opponents. It's like when you get grappled, like y'all have played Street Fighter. When you get grappled by Zangief, that's the comparison for JC Latham. Is Zangief. He just he's so powerful in his ability to just move def- move defenders. I remember the um I think it was the first touchdown run in the playoff for Alabama where it was a duo block and JC Latham knocks the defensive tackle two gaps over, then gets to the linebacker, pushes him two gaps over, and basically the entire lane is wide open. Now you think about that and their ability to get downhill in the run game, pretty easy choice. There there was a play, I want to say, maybe against Georgia, if I'm remembering it correctly, where he actually physically throws the Georgia defensive player like five yards and the referee calls a penalty. And, it, and he was just like, he he had to have been holding him or something for him to go that far. No, J.C. Latham can just physically throw a man that far with his... J.C. Latham's pro comp is Cam Newton fighting all those guys at the uh, 7-on-7 tournament. <laughs> He's just tossing people. Not being effective. There's a play in the SEC championship game where he hits a, a, a Georgia defender so hard, he knocks the Alabama guard over. Like, that. that's like knockout power. And now you add that to a Dallas offensive line that includes Tyler Smith, that's probably going to include Tyron Smith, and now you got a lot more badass up front. I was... I honestly was thinking Nate Wiggins here because I think Gilmore probably will not come back and Deron Bland is a slot corner. Uh, but you you can't pass up on J.C. Latham here. 25, the Green Bay Packers have I, Tyler walked. picked me for the – Tyler has picked for both the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Tyler, you have the opportunity to do the greatest In the Green ever. Bay Please Packers. The Green Bay Packers have walked into the obvious pick here. And I'm so excited to see how Tyler oh, completes the I, I think Tyler also picks for the Lions. I do. I, think- <laughs> I pick for every team in the North but the Vikings. Please um, do it, Tyler. So this is a really interesting pick because the Packers have super, super strict thresholds. 
And from everything I know about their thresholds, I do not think that the offensive lineman would be in play here. Like Tyler Guyton is too big. Uh, they don't take guards or centers in round one. They haven't for the entirety that Ted Thompson's been in charge. So I, I don't think that's an option here. I think corner's an interesting play. Uh, Nate Wiggins, I think, could be in an option because of his high athleticism. I think that they're going to go a different direction. I'm going to go with Tyler Newbin. They desperately need help at safety, and I do think that he's going to meet their thresholds. Uh, he's a great ball hawk. He's very athletic. I'm not quite sure how great he's going to test, but I think he's going to test well within their range. And because they have their thresholds and what they prioritize, and it's hard to argue against it because it's been successful for the better part of 30 years. Uh, I, I love Nate Wiggins, and I think that they could take him. I'm just not 100% sure, so I'm going to go with the guy. I'm 95% sure is fitting those thresholds in Tyler Newbin. I honestly thought you were going to go Wiggins there, you, but I, I, like, I like the Newbin pick. You, I, I'm going to be honest. You are way too I love player. <laughs> I love the Newbin pick. I I think he yeah, I do too. What they, what they need in that secondary, especially because I think every safety hits free agency. Oh yeah, they have be, nobody. Could be wrong. They have nothing. They um, either hit free agency or they're bad. So might as well pit free agency or both. <laughs> or both. They, Some of the bad they ones might. Free agency. They, they might try to keep Darnell Savage at a decent price. I why bother. Yeah, yeah, my question is why. Look, I, I'm not <laughs> arguing. If I'm, keeping, if I'm keeping anybody, it's it's Rudy Ford. I was gonna say you keep Rudy Ford. Yeah, mm -hmm. you don't you don't keep Mr. Biles. Back no, you don't. Yeah. Don't even bother with that. Um, but I, I, I love the think... Newbin. I love the Newbin pick, Tyler. Just I think you get that range that he has on the back end, especially mm -hmm. with the way that they're gonna want to play a lot of press man. I think he can solve kind of a if somebody gets beat, he has the range to help over mm -hmm. the top. And you look at that ball skills, like they they desperately need that in the yeah. secondary. So I think that's a great pick. I will say if he's there, I think it's Cooper DeGene. I think they're taking Yeah, Cooper. if he's there, I think that's a no-brainer pick for them. I, I, I'm, I worry about the weight with Wiggins because if he weighs in under 190, I think that disqualifies him with their thresholds. I, I don't know them verbatim, but they, they are relatively well-known. I, I need to get get them like in front of me, but I don't. I think Wiggins is, and I don't think McKintry will be a good enough athlete. So I think my thing with McKintry, because we're talking about, I think he is, but he also he either is not as good of an athlete as we thought, or he just coasts. Like he was kind of just cruising for most of the season, but I agree. I, I honestly thought it would be Wiggins here. Uh, AJ, you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. I'd love to hear the process. Yeah, so this one is kind of difficult because some of the edge guys are off the board, which is, I think, that is their top priority. Um, Not all of them. All of the, the worthwhile round one pass rushers <laughs> are currently off the you board. Have, you have got half of draft Twitter pissed at you after you said those words. I, I do not care. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I, I would strive to get at least 90% mad at me. That That's a personal goal. 
Um, so I'm going to go with Nate Wiggins. I'm going to stop the okay. slide here. Uh, you look, I think they can get out. I, I had this in one of my mock drafts for them. They can get out of the contract of Carlton Davis. I, I, he had such a, a down year this year. I think you need another playmaking corner out there. Uh, Nate Wiggins, I think, can be your, your top corner right away. Uh, I think he's such a good fit with Todd, Ball, Todd Bowles. Excuse me. Um, and I think it just overall, I think he's the best player available here as well. So I, I think it's a no-brainer. Just He fell right into their laps. I think the thing that stands out for me with Nate Wiggins is just the speed. Like, he yeah. is... Hawking dudes down, like not not only talking about the UNC strip, uh, the fumble. He did that against Miami too, where he's coming from across the field. It was one of, it was probably the most impressive play that I've seen from any draft prospect so far. Like his ability to just never be out on a play, and I think he trusts his speed so much, maybe a little too much, sometimes. But you think about that speed and that playmaking ability and Todd Bowles' defense, and you immediately go, okay, I can see it here. Kevin, you're up with the Arizona Cardinals via the Houston Texans, and, who can really just go anywhere with this Yeah, pick. like, this feels like best player outside of a wide receiver because they took Marvin Harrison Jr. earlier in this draft. I mean, Part of, Part of me wants to take another one. You could. Part of me wants to take another one. You could just uh, double down. Yeah. Um, and that is intriguing. There is that edge rusher. That one. I'm not going to say his name. Because it's like a rallying call for half of draft Twitter. But uh, Tyler Guyton. Give me Tyler Guyton here. Just take an offensive tackle. Uh, figure it out like uh, they need offensive linemen they need everything like frankly they just and need everything dj, DJ humphreys isn't the dj humphreys contract status is still up in the air he could not he's might not come back they move paris to left tackle and tyler guyton over at right exactly yeah yeah like i think that like if you're trying to build a football team right and like that's what they're trying to do here is they're trying to build a football team and allegedly if you need uh hopefully <laughs> like that that seems to be what they want to do um if that's I sure the, hope they would. <laughs> I don't know, man. You never, you never know. You never know. I have, know. Seen, teams watch I have, seen, I have seen teams that actively do not want to build football teams. <laughs> like, I think that, like, if that's the case, man, take an offensive tackle, and it's, like, really a figure-it-out kind of thing. And, like, I think that's fine, right? Like, where they are right now, they're in a position where they can just be like, dude, we'll just figure this out later. Like, just take the talent, and we'll figure it out later. In a way, I kind of feel like that's the Tyler Guyton scouting report. Take the talent, figure it out later. He is yeah. such a big, fluid mover, especially in the passing game. But then you watch some of the run reps, and you're like, I want I want more here. We, we want more here. And then he goes to the Senior Bowl and absolutely, like, crushes the first day. But I just – I want him with a good offensive line coach that can kind of help hone him in. And I think in Arizona, he'll be kind of tried by fire because he'll be playing right tackle. But you think about a tackle duo of Guyton and Paris Johnson, and you can be sold on that. Yeah, especially mm -hmm. if, you're, if your main goal is to keep Kyler Murray as healthy and clean as possible. I think Tyler Guyton has, is, is a pretty good pass protector 
already, I think his biggest issues lie, lie in the run game. Uh, but I, I definitely think he's a he is a definitely a starting caliber right tackle with a, a plus ability in, in pass protection. Uh, I'd be kind of curious to see because we're still trying to figure out what the Cardinals' identity really is. I'd be kind of curious to see how they view everything and like what their thresholds really are. But I think you just take Guyton and you build that tackle do and you build on it for your offense for the next few years. You have Marvin Harrison Jr. in a, a plus upside offensive tackle. That's easy. No brainer. I'm up at 28 with the Buffalo Bills. You have the opportunity to do the, do the funniest, funniest thing ever. Do it. So do I it. have thought about doing the funniest thing ever. Take the quarterback. I've also thought about doing. Do I've it. Also thought about doing the rational thing. <laughs> Give me Ad Mitchell. I'm gonna go Ad Mitchell with Buffalo. That is not the funniest thing ever, but I will. It's allow not it. the funniest thing, but it's the great thing. You think about like. I'm really excited to see A.D. Mitchell work out at the Combine because he just moves, like, so under control and at his own pace that I think his speed will go kind of underrated. I think his flying 20 will be awesome. Mm -hmm. But his ability on the outside with the ball the ball point, the the high point ability, excuse me, the, uh, the route running is a little vibey still, but – you think about getting a guy like that on the outside who can be better than whatever Gabe Davis ever was at his best, and you let Stefan Diggs start start to transition into that wide receiver 1B, A.D. Mitchell is the guy here. The only thing I don't like about that pick is I'd have to deal with him twice a year, and I don't want to do that, man. Oh, I that's perfect. That Great pick, JP. <laughs> I am, I am hey, pretty surprised. Cam Smith, get ready, get ready to learn uh, A.D. Mitchell, buddy. I'm very surprised you hey, actually didn't Kohu. go Keon Coleman there. Oh, I have a better fit for Keon Coleman. I Honestly, I was going to go Chop Robinson. Was well, was yeah. that going to be the funniest pick ever? Because that's the funniest pick ever. That was going to be the funniest pick ever. That just actually, take, yeah. just take Greg Rousseau. <laughs> It makes sense because Epines is a free agent. Von Miller's probably going to be moved off that contract. The, the, the one thing they need is to boost their run defense. <laughs> and what do they do? Go draft. They don't do that. They, they turn up the pass rush even more. <laughs> they, don't, they don't even do that. That's what I'm saying. Like Again, it makes sense when you think yeah. about it, but yeah. it would be the funniest thing ever. Tyler, you're up with Detroit. I love. I'd love to hear your process here. You have one chance um, to be the funniest thing ever. Please do it. <laughs> now, I, I will say this: um, AD Mitchell right now, I think, is eleventh on my board. I I absolutely love him. He's phenomenal. I I would actually like to see him in Houston, and just have the twin towers on the outside, and then you put Tank Dell in in the slot, and just what did I do to you? <laughs> Look, I, I that's what she I am. I am very Jaguars agnostic. I'm not like Kevin. I'm not trying first to get you, under your first skin. First, you give me Fuaga, and now you try to give AD Mitchell to the Texans. What? What's? What's our beef? You got beef? Like, do, do we, we don't have, have any beef? beef. I invited you on my show tonight because I thought you'd be fun, I know, and you that's were. What I'm saying. 
You, um, you invite, we break bread over Combine and the Tyler, stories. Tyler violated guest rights. <laughs> now I'm being attacked. Okay, I, I'm going to back off. Um, I am going to do what you guys probably think is the funniest thing ever, but I don't because I think he's massively undervalued by PFF. And it, I'm taking Chop Robinson for the Detroit yeah. Lions. Um, <laughs> that, that was it. Yeah. Oh, I know that was it. I'm not stupid. Uh, no, I was. I would do the same thing. I, oh I no, I, I just know that there. that's what Kevin was alluding to. Like, I, I love Chop. Oh, I think he's. Uh, let's let's be clear. My funniest thing ever was just take another wide receiver, and they'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> Uh, my my thing with Chop is I don't think he's an elite run defender, but I think he's almost being underrated as a run defender by by people because they're so down on him. He is a decent run defender. I don't think he's great at it, but I think he's better than what he's being given credit for. That first step is truly special, and being able to get around and bend the edge and how explosive he is against some of these offensive linemen that he faced. He faced some good offensive lines. Uh, this past year. That Iowa game was some of the best prospect film I've watched all year. He has a chance to be truly, truly special. And after this week at the Combine, I don't think Chop Robinson's going to be anywhere after 20. I think he may end up going like fringe top 10 because that profile is going to be very special. So my thing about fringe top 10 Chop Robinson, especially after the Combine, is we already knew he was fast. We, we knew he could do that. But yeah. I think the thing with Chop's run defense is it's not like he doesn't try. I will give him that. He tries mm-hmm. on run defense. And I can see, like, the bones of someone who can stack and shed. He just does not have that strength yet. He just It's not there at this point. But you send him to Detroit where John Kaminsky can play on the edge on early downs, and you just – you turn – Chop Robinson into super duper James Houston. Mm-hmm. Look, Chop Robinson right now is fourth on my board. I I absolutely love the prospect, and I I would take him top ten. But there are some real strength deficiencies that you have to kind of work out. But he's twenty one years old. I will bet on that elite level first step, and that we can figure out how to get him to play more, with more consistent strength over the course of the next three years. This sounds like Gregory Rousseau all over again. What are we doing? Here? I don't think, I don't Rousseau think wasn't players. the same type of Rousseau, athlete though. No, um, this, this sounds like to me, like every speed pass rusher that has, it ever sounds like Ziggy Otza. And <laughs> none of them. Ziggy Otza had a good year. <laughs> One. <laughs> Look, I, hey. I, I don't, I don't fall in love with speedy pass rushers. It's just, I fell it's in love with Chow. now. It's, it's tricky with, with speed rushers now i just mm-hmm. i i feel like you kind of need that power element now more than ever i think NFL. i think uh jp and i were talking about this earlier right like i think power translates better over a long career and i think speed is like if you're trying to pick a guy for a year i think speed fits a little bit better because they can win yeah. with that first step early mm-hmm. but it's speed speed gets you in the door power helps you stay in the door yeah like i think power in general is just like a better indicator of who is a long-term fit in the nfl right and like i don't know if chop robinson ever develops that into being a consistent every down player yeah but the 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 good thing for chop robinson is that you could still have a successful career with that kind of with the kind of athletic ability that he has Uh, i think you look at the alignment versatility and the way he can kind of 
uh, kind of give you all, uh, all over the field. You can line up on, in different spots and have him rush the passer. I think he has the athleticism to drop if you really want him to. Uh, and, and there are plenty of other guys who aren't super strong. They don't have that power element necessarily that still work out. Um, I, I just kind of worry about what is a round one investment in terms of value. Cause if, if he's just like a designated pass rusher early on, is that a round one prospect that I think that's, I think, it's a tricky question of upside versus and projection versus like yeah. right now. So on the, that's, that's the a end, very fair but, argument. But, but also very at the fair. end of the first round, like, they don't pick again till what sixty? Is it fifty nine or sixty? Uh, like, like, like he's he's going to be better than any of the pass rushers available there. So like, it, if you're looking at him, what is he in two or three years at the end of the first round? I think that's fine. So I think on the other side of the chop Robinson, like oh, this is good value. Is there aren't a lot of guys who win with speed in this draft class you know he's the top he's the number one of those guys and i think if you get a bryce huff caliber player who's going to get paid this offseason i think that's a worthwhile investment in the back end of round one and i think it's Mm -hmm. a great fit for detroit especially yeah so aj you are up with the baltimore ravens who sneakily have some pretty fun prospect player fits here i'd love to see where you're going here yeah, there I could go in so many different directions here. Um, I feel like the ETH, like the, the fun answer is probably like a wide receiver like Brian Thomas Jr. is sitting right here. I also kind of feel like they might like Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, you kind of put him next to Marlon Humphrey Jr. Uh, there, get, get somebody on the outside, but I am going to go with Brian Thomas Jr. I, I think he's probably going to be best player available here for a lot of teams. I, you just you need that kind of dude on the outside. We haven't seen anybody really take that next step in that in that wide receiver room. I, I don't think they'll bring Odell back. I could be wrong. Um, they did re-sign Nelson Aguilar. I, I, that's, he, he's just not consistent enough. I think if you take Brian Thomas, it, it, we'll kind of see what they do with Rashad Bateman. But I think you have Brian Thomas on the outside there. I think that opens up a lot for Zay Flowers as well. Uh, it just adds another dynamic element to your offense. Like you desperately need that height, weight, speed guy on the outside, and I think Brian Thomas fits that. Look, Brian Thomas right right now runs like two routes, but he's real good at those two routes. He runs stop mm-hmm. routes and he runs go routes. He is a, he's a traffic light. He's a traffic light receiver. <laughs> stop stops and goes, but. That's actually kind of a bar. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. But uh, he's such a smooth mover at 6'4", 205, where I think people don't think he moves that fast until he's just burning past defensive backs. And you get that in offense with Lamar, and you get a whole lot more explosive. Kevin, you are up with the San Francisco 49ers. JP, one second. I, I want to ask AJ a question. Did you consider... Ennis Rakestraw Jr. here for the Ravens. I did not. Uh, I no. really like that fit. I, I like Rakestraw. I don't know if he's going to go in round one. Uh, we'll see. I think um, we kind of jumped our skis on Rakestraw a little bit. But I also feel like if they do go corner, Kool-Aid makes more sense just in terms of what they've always looked yeah. for. And his 
the smooth ability that he has, I, I think is going to appeal to them in the lane. But Rickshaw is also, we'll see. I, I've heard some mixed reports on what his draft stock is going to look like. I, I feel like it'll probably be in the top of the second. Just gun to my head right now. I feel like back end of the first, like 29, 30, like that's probably where you start that's having a conversation start, yeah. about him. Yeah. I, I, he's my CB seven. I have him with a, a mid to high second, but mid to high second in, in a class that isn't super strong. Like that's, that, that could easily go in round one. So I was just curious what your thoughts were there. Yeah. All right, Kevin, you're up with the 49ers. This is such a hard pick for me to try and predict because they still don't have a defensive coordinator. And, like, it's Kyle for, Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan's doing everything nowadays. And so, like, I like I don't know ideally, like, what they're going to want out of a corner because, well, we don't know who's calling the plays there yet. Uh, look, Kool-Aid McKinstry's there. They really need cornerback play. I mean, they got their ass kicked in the playoffs by like every team with their secondary <sighs> give me kool-aid I, the the long speed is a question mark i think he knows how to use the long speed deficiencies like i think he knows how to hide them like i think he's a good player uh, and frankly he's like the best player on the board in general so i think that like if you're picking a corner just take the best corner available and man he's a good player at least i i have a very fun fit that i think might could possibly happen. Say it. I want to see if we're on the same wavelength here. Tavondre Sweat. That was someone, that was someone I was thinking. I don't okay. know. If I don't. So, San Fran's biggest issue. And this was this was my problem with them. Even going back into the season prior, they do not have an actual nose tackle on that roster. Like it is like their interior is just pure pass rusher and. It was very funny to me that they were like, oh, we got our, our tails kicked by Philly in the run game. So <laughs> we're just going to throw money at more pass rushing three techs in the offseason. Uh, and now you look, Kinlaw is going to probably hit free agency. At their cap situation, they have to figure out what is going on with Brandon Ayuk and all that. So they'll probably let Kinlaw walk. And he's also just not really been consistent enough. Sweat might actually go in round one. I, I've heard he's got pretty high grades, and he's Look, the best. I, no, he's the best nose tackle in this class. It. With I, where the NFL is going, with I'm the ball, very interested he, to see that landing spot. I, I I feel like if he doesn't go to the 49ers, he could also go with the Chiefs. I also think this is a prime spot for another right tackle. I don't know who would go here. I've always thought this was a Swamataya. Yeah, yeah, this was Suamatea pick. If if Guyton was here, he he would also be Jordan Morgan. You, you, you maybe can't... not a tackle, but I well, mean, the yeah, thing he, is, he you, guard the thing that. is, you can't go into twenty twenty four with Colton McKivitz as your right tackle. As your right tackle, he's a free you, you agent, have... isn't he? I mean, he's you might not go into... even if he isn't. He's bad. So yeah, yeah, you, well you're not resigning him. Who else is their backup? Is it Jalen Moore? I think it might be Jalen Moore. Like Moore yeah. and, uh, you can't go in with uh, Spencer Burford as as your quasi starter right guard either. <laughs> I, the the yeah. beef on Twitter with that was just way too public. I, I think the other thing that like I was thinking of potentially doing, and this is a guy who I just like, really like the game of. I don't think he's a first round guy. If I was taking a corner, TJ Tampa is an intriguing player. The size is there. 
I think there's still like some things that he needs to work on and clean up, but like I'm gonna bet on a guy with that size, man. He's lengthy, he's big. Like those guys can translate to the next level. And I almost took him at 30. I do also kind of wonder if San Fran is a sneaky spot to take an early jump on an edge because they don't have that guy still. Cleveland Farrell, they Randy Gregory, Chase Young, they tried all of them, and I think they actually all still hit free agency. I am maybe I very curious. Well, I'm curious to see if that's where, like, if somebody bets on like Austin Booker. Yeah, Forty Niners. I don't. I I just don't see him being a first round pick. Like I just like I think I'm that the, curious to see if well, at this point, at I think they're swinging I'm for upside. I think they're swinging for upside there. Um, I would. I would be curious. Be I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to like. Personally, I'm not trying to like steal your thunder, Kevin. No, I'm no. Just, I'm saying it's like. like if this is a spot for where that yeah. next guy gets taken. So my, my thing here is that like I think that like San Francisco, they need to like they don't need to bet on upside. They need to get guys who can play right now. Like they need to get a guy who can start right now. And, I would be interested in a Darius Robinson, 49ers. Yeah. Oh I thought about him. I thought especially about Especially if they move though. on from Eric Armstead. Yeah. 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 I, I thought about like Braswell. Maybe like a Braylon Trice, like those guys are like there, but yeah. like I just like I also think me, it depends. It depends on who's the new DC. Yeah, like that's the other thing. Because, is like it's so hard to predict what they're going to do because I don't. I don't know if I want Nick Bosa. I don't know if I want Nick Bosa as a stand-up edge potentially dropping into coverage. I Listen, I know they interviewed Merritt uh, today, look, the old Chiefs guy or the Chiefs assistant, but the that's Chiefs TV coach. Guy. Yeah, but all let me, I know there, uh, let me throw a scenario out here. And it's it's a it's a wild one. What if they trade Debo, got some got some picks back for him, and then take Malachi Corley? Not 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 here. at thirty one. Not at thirty one. But okay, not not at thirty one. Okay, but in, in like, I was about to say, I was like, whoa, whoa. But <laughs> try, I think we've jumped the shark a little bit. <laughs> try and get a pick in the early forties in, in some way, shape, or form. Take Corley. And then you get rid of that injury element with Debo, but you you get the same archetype player back in return, and then you can use those picks to build up. Look, they have massive cap issues right now, and if you no, can I find a way to offload Debo but still get the same archetype player back, then you can try and do some of those things on offense. You can extend I, you can keep him, and you can hopefully build up other places in, on your roster with young talent. I, I, get I don't it. think it's a I terrible just don't situation. Corley is the round one guy. No, he's not. I, he's I, don't, not he's I don't. Unless he runs four four two. If he runs like a four four two four four five, maybe even you then can he's talk about him at thirty one thirty two. But, but I, I, Tyler did say not at thirty one. He said he so, got him. Okay, I didn't hear. He's got to run. He's got to run low four fours. If you think of thirty three from Carolina or something like that. So so here's here's my thing, right? Like here's my thing. I think that everyone's going to be looking at the Debo archetype and go, yeah, man, like just it's the same offense. I think if you trade Debo, you should get a different kind of wide receiver in there. Don't go get Debo 2.0. Go get someone who can be a different archetype in there because it's like you're sort of betting on just like Malachi Corley just translating well to play that role. And like, man, I think Debo is a special kind of player to play in that kind of role. And so like uh, – I don't. I think I, you're right, Kevin. But I also think Corley could translate and play in that role pretty early. I would rather I, see. I, him. I, Tyler was just going to say, "I think you're right," but shut up, Kevin. I, I, <laughs> I, really, I, I just I thought that was a perfect spot. For Debo him. is a special kind of player, but 
I think Malachi Corley's a special player. Too. Who was who? This is totally random. I just remembered this. There was a guy a few years ago who the, everyone mocked to uh, or everyone copped to uh, Debo Samuel. Uh, Sam Houston receiver. Anyone remember that name? Oh, the the speed guy. Yeah, Jaquez Ezard. Ezard. Yeah. yeah. God, he was yeah. so yeah. bad, man. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. I just remembered that. Yeah. All right. So I have 32 here with the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of options here. Michael Penix is available. But I'm turning Kansas City into Keon County. I'm going Keon Coleman here. I I get the not much nuance as the route runner, but dude, you get the ball in his hands. Nuance. Whatever. Uh you get the ball in his hands and you're you can see it. I've I've said play style wise, he's very Demarius Thomas-ish and you think about the ability on slants. You think about the ability on go routes. He can be the contested catch receiver, allow Rasheed Rice to work more over the middle. Um, I really like that fit there. I also kind of thought Kamari Lasseter here, potentially if Sneed ends like up that. getting tagged and traded. He just seems like a Kansas City DB with his aggression. And he's honestly one of the best tackling corners in the draft this year. Um, I also thought Darius Robinson here just to soup up the pass rush a little bit more. But after releasing MVS, you, you still need a receiver. I know I know Pat just won with a bunch of dudes at receiver, but you want to actually get somebody in there with a pulse next to Rasheed Rice. And I think Keon Coleman is the guy here. I, I was going to say I think this is a spot where Edge could go, and it could be the – as AJ mentioned with San Francisco, just them trying to get a jump on the edge position because, I mean, they have needs, but they don't have any, like, damning, pressing, like, gotta pick it needs. And so, like, they're in a position where they could take best talent available uh, and sort of figure it out, which they do a lot regardless. But, yeah, I think that Keon Coleman, Lad McConkey, like, those kind of guys is sort of, like, where I think they're probably going to go here. I think this is a sneaky spot for Zach Frazier. Not not necessarily to replace Creed Humphrey, but they're not going to be able to pay both Creed and Trey Smith. And Trey Smith to, that. Yeah, well, then you can put Frazier at guard and I think he'll be fine. Or you can Or or if you don't if you're not going to be able to pay Creed and you choose to pay Trey Smith, then you can put Frazier in its center and it's just like a reload. The amount of people that I've seen want Creed move to guard because of the low snaps this year has been really interesting. I, it's just, I don't just, know if just I'm just, not saying move Creed to guard. I'm saying put Frazier. At guard yeah, no, I know. I think JP. No, but what I'm saying is I don't know if that's the next logical step for Kansas City moving off an All Pro center. <laughs> yeah, you just yeah. You don't know I, these guys my my other question would be like I don't know remember what the board looked like because I actually just closed uh, out of PFF, but like tackle. Nice. Tackle Donovan Smith is a free agent. Well, there I think Wanya Morris is their in-house replacement. I think they're yeah. going to roll with him. Okay, so uh, that's he's, that's he's played in relief good. duty because I I was going year. to say like maybe you go take Jordan Morgan because he can play. Inside. I don't know. I don't know if I tackle, like Jordan Morgan. Like, I don't know if I like Jordan Morgan here, especially because he yeah. he seems like a swing guy. If yeah, you I mean move him inside the guard, then that's already locked up, and you're I'm hoping gonna, that. Kingsley oh, Suamatia, it would be the one yeah, if you're I thinking think, about I think a left King tackle. Be, I, I am very interested to see if they're the team that kind of goes for uh, Darius Robinson because they've they've loved those kind of like inside-outside yeah. 
ends over you, you know, the uh, Mike Dan Spagnolo does Charles, love his big Charles Omenihu, guys like that. They've loved those kind of versatile ends. So I do wonder if that's, but would you I go back to they, back? Yeah, that's what you took with uh, Uzama last year. Yeah, and like, I'm just kind of curious. Like, do they just go and just say, "Hey, you know what? Like, is this is this a spot where even like the first running back goes off the board and Kansas City does it again? Because yeah. who's going to argue with the Chiefs? Right. This now? also like, could be a TJ Tampa spot. I just think yeah. like, yeah, I Lassiter, Tampa, Ennis Rakestraw, like those guys seem like they fit yeah. in Kansas City defensive back wise. But that's really if I thought need ends up leaving. This I could be a Lad McConkey spot. Yeah, yeah I thought fun. about Lad McConkey. You know. I, Somebody, somebody who I've heard actually has some round one grades, uh, Roman Wilson. That I, th- I think Roman, I think that Roman Wilson would be me. a good fit with with the Chiefs. Just I, I, think, I think you put him one, in the slot there. I, I think that kind of ability he yeah. has over the middle of the field, or you with Rasheed Rice on the outside, I think yeah. that opens up a lot. I think the one position group where they're probably just not going in general is probably linebacker. Like, yeah. first of all, there's not a talented enough linebacker here to be like, take him here. But they also have Col- I, I haven't watched Colson fully yet. So if he's as good as people say he is, I know you guys like him. Like, maybe he's the round one talent. But yeah, but I don't, yeah, I don't think they need. They, they have Bolton. They have Willie Gay. Like, Leo Chanel's a Willie Gay's a free agent. Willie Gay's a free agent. Oh, but it's so, but like Chanel is probably going to step up. Like, yeah, um, Chanel's probably going to come back. I think Drew Trank will probably come back. Yeah, like, like, also, like, I don't know if you're like banging the table for Junior Colson here. If there are still other guys on the board, I think there are there there are other spots you can. Yeah, like, but they 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 could also just trade out of this pick. Yeah, I mean, I think like like, this is this is the perfect spot for Carolina to trade back into the first round and pick a receiver. Especially, why would they do that if they if they pick at thirty three? I mean, that's why I think because if they want to get Keon Coleman. And get yeah. ahead of the Chiefs to get Keon Coleman. You could you could go do that. But this is the spot since, for since me that like go ahead. this is the spot for me that like we talk about it every year, right? But like if a team was going to trade back into the first round to take a quarterback, if they loved Penix, if they loved Bonix, this feels like the pick where they would do it. Like, man, I don't agree with them, but like if they want to love these guys and they want to get the fifth year option on them, this is where you do it. Yeah. But I don't I don't even know like Denver maybe like if Denver just falls in love with Bo Nix which haha um that would be very funny if Kansas City sent their first rounder to yeah I mean that's the other thing is they're probably they should do it they should do it they should do it they should go wait you want Bo Nix you want Bo Nix have them their first round pick is we have Mahomes it doesn't matter but for shits and gigs we can kind of group mock the uh Panthers pick at 33 I feel like this has to be a receiver has to be. You have to get Bryce Young help. You have to. There's no other option. Honestly, I kind of like McConkey here. McConkey or like Roman Wilson, I think I is where Wilson, I would. McConkey, Roman Wilson. Jalen Polk would be think, the guy I would go with. I think the Panthers need somebody who creates easy separation. Yes. And I think you go McConkey, you go Roman Wilson here. Yeah. If you're looking for just that that separation like across the board, I think I'd I'd prefer McConkey over Wilson. Well, I think Wilson's a little bit more dynamic and explosive, but McConkey, he's just gonna be so smooth and he's gonna get open in the short intermediate and even create some separation deep. 
I, I think that's going to matter a little bit more to maximize Bryce Young now before his confidence potentially gets completely destroyed. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that, like, you have to take a receiver, man. There's no other pick. There should be no other pick here. You need so an You need someone I'm to help. I'm curious to see how much Dave Canales leans into the run game a little bit because I think that's what you could you could talk. I'm not saying you take a running back here. I'm saying you take a guard. Yeah, right? you, you could take like a like you take Frazier or you take Jordan Morgan and plug him in at guard here. But I also kind of feel like a sneaky op- opener to round two right here might be Xavier Worthy. Yeah, that would be interesting. I, that's I that's that dynamic. Sense. That's they, adding another need, level of speed. They need some. They separation. need that kind of speed in that yeah. wide receiver room. Like you, you just need somebody who can threaten the defense enough to keep the coverage honest. Especially it, because, it, like, it, if you it, still it, believe well, at this stage, that's either Troy Franklin or Xavier Worthy. Yeah, and, yeah. and between those two, it's like a just pick. But I think I also, <laughs> I'm also thinking that. about what Dave Canales said earlier today, where he was like, "We want Bryce to get the ball out in 2.7 seconds or less," and they're they're gonna go full point guard with this. They run I think that you two need four, some, seven seconds or less need, offense, but it's need, two point seven seconds. You or less. need somebody who can create separation early. So I, I kind of lean McConkey here, but yeah. Xavier Worthy probably makes sense in terms of the dynamic ability at all. Worthy would Worthy would also address that, right? And like I think that let me I throw mean, a wild card at you. Too early for Ricky Pearsall? Probably, yes. I think that there's still other guys who are better. I I I get it. I get it though. I, I understand yeah no I I get the that. I I get the thought process like I see what is what I see what he's cooking but I think that like that would be a trade down sort of move which yeah. I don't see them trading down yeah. so and Pearsall's the kind of guy that just always falls into the third round like he just yeah he's a great like everybody will go why did he go in the third round and it's that same kind of wide receiver archetype every year it. Yeah, Pearsall, I think, could be a lot like like Amon Ross St. Brown, where he just falls and everybody goes, why did he fall there? Um. <laughs> he thought of something. Do we, do we want to do... I think the only team we haven't covered is Cleveland, right? They don't. They didn't pick yes, up the first we need to, we need to pick up. I feel like we need to address them. I feel like we need to just give um, them love. I, in my seven-rounder, I had them going... I had them trading that pick for Jonathan Allen from the Commanders. Oh hell um, yeah! Good uh, I I thought I texted Corey Kinnon with Browns Wire at right after I, right after I had written it in, and I was like, "So how do you feel about John Allen?" He was like, "Wait a sec. And he pulled up the contract, and they could make it work. And Allen wants out of Washington, like very publicly, <laughs> very publicly said, "I don't want to be here anymore." I I respect it. Here's a. Here's a name, uh, Braden Fisk, maybe. Uh, <laughs> Chris Collinsworth has. He, now here's a guy who. I mean, <laughs> dynamic. I was, think, I was thinking. Player, Chris, like I was thinking Chris Jenkins here. Chris Jenkins, yeah. I think, is another one who fits that sort of mindset. That I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not super high in Fisk. You, you've got the incredibly short arms. He was a, a super late bloomer. He's older. Yeah, but that I first think, step is really, me, really good. But when you look at him versus Jenkins, I'll take the upside with Jenkins considering their first steps are pretty similar. 
Yeah, I, I think with Fisk, I think he's like the classic third round three tech. Yeah, um, yeah, he's there. he's the chaos. Like he's the chaos yeah. bringer. I I think yeah. he's super high energy. Like I, I love his film this year, but I do I do agree with Tyler. It feels a little high for him. I I think they're if they keep this pick, um, which Andrew Barry kind of hinted Does that they might. Want. They, he he kind of hinted that they might not uh, today with a very, very funny quote. I have, I think he said something to the effect, if you know I can't keep my money in my wallet or something like that, <laughs> um, which is it's just, just very uh, on the nose. 55 I, could also be a spot for a receiver. I do yeah. think that they're going to go wide receiver just because they haven't had a real dude emerge, and Amari Cooper's got a 20 mil cap hit, and it's, it's I think only has one year left on his deal. Um We'll kind of see what Elijah Moore turns into, but I think you need a real outside threat. That you, it's Cedric Tillman, that adjustment to the NFL hasn't happened yet. Um, we'll kind of see how how that ends up, but you definitely need to add something to your offense. I, I think that I, I feel like they're also a sneaky spot for a tackle, an oh, offensive tackle. Yeah, yeah. If Suamatea, I don't think he falls that far. But... I don't think he. I don't think he will either. Um, What's the deal with Jedrick Wills? Is he going to stick around? I, I don't know. If they, they can move on from him. I feel like worst comes to worst, he would stay. But if somebody gets interested, I I, I don't think that they would uh, have any regrets about moving on if they could find a, a tackle solution, which which might just be move Jones over to to fill that spot. Honestly. Uh, Wills is just, he's just been too inconsistent. I think in, if you're all in on the nasty man, you, you, you've got to feel, (laughs) you've got, (laughs) you've got to fill out and kind of invest in that offensive line just so he doesn't miss more time than he already has with injuries. I Uh, think if you're going to have redacted as the quarterback, I think you also need some downfield verticality. You allow David and Joku to kind of work the intermediate areas. You allow Elijah Moore to kind of be that in-between guy. Um, the first name that I thought of, they'll probably be here. I don't know if it happens, but Javon Baker? Uh, it feels a little early. That's it feels early. early I see but the I, don't think, I don't think Franklin will be there. I don't think Worthy will be there. You're, you're kind Will's of been running money. thin. You're kind of running thin for outside receivers. Yeah. One that I know has higher grades than I had thought he did, uh, Jermaine Burton has, like, early you know three what? grades. I Are they looking at his 24-7 page? I can see it. I, I can see why. There were a lot of times where he was open, but the wall just Didn't never came. I think so. the idea of Jermaine Burton is better than the player. Yeah. But that's what you're doing in the NFL. You're betting on ideas. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think if you're looking for like that outside verticality at this spot, who else is it? You know. I mean, like I said, there, who maybe Jamari Thrash, but that might be too high. That that feels way too high. I Thrash. love Jamari Thrash. I I am also kind of interested if Cleveland dives into the running back market, not because like they think Nick Chubb is bad or anything, but because. They you mean cap casualty, Nick Chubb? God, I'm, I, that that was such a stupid day of Twitter. Um, but like, they need an actual running back too. 
there. Yeah. So I, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying they take one here, but it just in terms of other scenarios, that I they could move on from Newsom. Um, there's some inconsistencies with his game and some other concerns. Uh, so I'm kind of curious to see if they dive into the corner market at 54 as well. But it, it, they have a lot of possibilities with that pick. Yeah, They can pick a quarterback. They could, yeah. I, I, Bo Nix, Cleveland Brown. That would oh. be the worst quarterback room ever. The we're vibes would be the vibes the, incredibly be, awful. Oh my god. god! Would Joe Flacco still be there? No, no. Joe Flacco would say, not like, want to be it. Joe, I think Joe Flacco would retire. Room. He would. He would Vontae Davis this. He'd be. I've had enough, guys. I can't do this. Could you, could you imagine if like they have to put Joe Flacco out there again in like week twelve? And he's I'm too old for this shit. I'm too old for this shit. He would come back player of the year again. For... Developmental day three quarterback Cleveland Brown Joe Milton. All right, yeah, you know what? I've, I've seen it on this podcast. Just imagine we... if 39-year-old Joe Flacco nope, 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 was nope, 35 nope. and leaving Tennessee. Nope. Nope. I, I did. Nope. Just enough. Spencer Rattler. <laughs> Golly. The... Okay, yeah, oh. nope, nope. 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 All right. Well, All right. we have been at the this Former for NFL scout mock draft. <laughs> First round mock. Got Spencer Rattler as the next Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Have you seen his high school tape? He might be cooking. <laughs> but I, I he told me Joe Milton was a first round grade, and Anthony Richardson was day three. So that's, just saying. That's why why we, is why is he raw, Tyler? He can't hit the broadside of a barn. <laughs> but that's maybe what, he'll figure it out eventually. George Bush years. will. George Bush will never see heaven for ending No Child Left Behind. <laughs> <laughs> children are left behind what a, what a way to end this what a... we have been at this for two hours and if you're still with us one we're sorry Godspeed. two we have to ask we have to get you to subscribe give us five stars on spotify apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast if you don't then we will send you on a random uh dungeon quest to lake lanier no, actually, actually, your your favorite football team is drafting me. If you don't give us five stars, <laughs> that's right. You and uh, oh. what's our what's our name? What's what's our friend's name? Kevin and uh, what's his name? Stanley. Stanley Flanders. <laughs> Stanley, Stanley Flanders. Yeah. Kevin and Stanley Flanders will join your team, but, and we're both playing wide receiver. Sorry, <laughs> but from Tyler, AJ, and Kevin, this is JP, and we will see you guys next time.